And welcome back once again to the Endurance Hour podcast, episode 388. Welcome back. We are uh, kicking off a new month, and uh, our discount for our training plans continues for another month and a half. If you haven't heard yet, all of our training plans on Training Peaks are $99 or less. Those are triathlon training plans, $99 or less. As of the full distance, half distance, Olympic, and sprint. So the prices you see posted on our Training Peaks page, which you can find by going to Endurance Hour or looking up Wendy Mater training plans on Training Peaks, the posted prices are above by 33%. But if you use our discount code, they all go below $99 or less. So that's our little big push, our little big push, our big push for 2023. And Wendy, they seem to be doing well right now with uh, people taking advantage of these offers because it's only going for three months. But once you own the plan, it's yours for life. Yeah, we actually have been, our sales have increased, which is nice for us and nice for everyone else who's following a, a great plan with all the content that we created within the plan. And we've been getting some good feedback from those who have been following our plan, um, their success stories, and it's been great. Yeah, we've got, uh, I think we've got all of the major, I think all of the Ironman distances in North America, we have uh, course previews for those plans, those races for 2023. We're still waiting on one for Ironman California, I believe. Their uh, run course map is not up to date, so we're going to wait on that, and then you can buy that plan specifically for Ironman California. But the cool thing is, Wendy, every plan that we've done, we have some personal experience, whether we've raced it or we, we've had athletes race those plans. Name a couple that you've done that we uh, recently produced. Ironman Florida, Ironman Arizona, Ironman Chattanooga, Ironman Lake Placid. And Coeur d'Alene. And Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Anyways, if you go to Training Peaks and type in, you know, Coach Wendy Mater or go to EnduranceHour.com, you'll be able to get a, a direct link to those plans. And, oh my gosh, we got, now we've got, uh, what, closer to uh, three dozen triathlon plans on our uh, our page? Yes, and Probably. let's not forget about the course previews that we have for 70.3s as well. Yes. Oh, yeah, 70.3 specific race uh, events, whether it's Boulder, Chattanooga, uh, Coeur d'Alene probably, and a couple other ones there. Oh, I did. A, we did a little something on um, Ironman 70.3 New York, a brand new race coming up this year. Right. That's pretty exciting for those who want to get back and, and do something in uh, in New York. Last time they had a, a big event there, Ironman related, was back in 2012 with Ironman New York, which was a one and doneer. But um, and we had someone comment below one of the YouTube videos that they did that race and it wasn't as bad as we made it sound out to be <laughs> in 2012. But logistically, oh, nice. as I, I commented, for um, an event coordination and coverage standpoint, it was a tough race to uh, to cover. But that's mm -hmm. you know a decade ago. We've got some uh, new topics today. Uh, we've got some uh, email questions and, and overall topics to discuss. And we'll get right into those right now with Jules, who is looking at wetsuits for Ironman and also future open water swimming events in Tahoe and Donner. I'm not sure where Donner is, but I'm looking Donner at Lake. Donner Lake is in Tahoe or it's, oh. in, it's in Nevada. Yeah. Okay. She says here, I'm looking at long sleeve triathlon wetsuits. Do you recommend any in particular? Are there rules about buoyancy in the race? Thanks for your help. And maybe to go over the pros and cons of sleeveless versus full wet suits to begin with, Wendy. You know, preference, for, personal preference. You know, for me personally, I don't like wet suits. I feel too buoyant in them, which is no one's going to be able to relate to that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. 
Um, if I had the choice, though, I'd rather wear a sleeveless versus a long sleeve. I don't like to take them off. It takes a long time to take. It doesn't take a long time. But if you haven't practiced or you just don't have the experience, it could take time to pull off that wetsuit. And I think the long sleeve wetsuits are definitely harder to get off than the sleeveless wetsuits. Time that I may save as a swimmer. Swimmers tend to not save as much time as non-swimmers do. I don't, I think I lose by trying to take that wetsuit off. I made a video on the Endurance Hour YouTube and I talk about um, four different types of wetsuits. A, a, a short john, which is short arm, short legs, a long leg, sleeveless, long arm, long legs, legs. And then I also go into detail about a swim run wetsuit. And I talk about the different temperatures that I'm going to wear a long sleeve versus a short sleeve is dependent on the temperature and it's dependent on the distance of what I'm racing. And, and I'll, um, we can post that, that link below this uh, video for people to check out. Now, as far as like Donner Lake and, um, just Lake Tahoe, like it's really, really cold up there. So definitely she's going to need a long sleeve wetsuit. I've been successful with blue 70. I started wearing their wetsuits in 2008. I've also worn Xterra and Aquasphere and probably a couple other brands. I just can't remember because I've always just preferred the blue 70 wetsuit just by the way it fits. I think it fits true to size and it's just really comfortable for me. So we actually have partnered up with them and we can supply a 30% um, percent discount code as well as a 40% discount code for first time purchasers, first time buyers of Blue 70. So, you know what, again, I was referring them before I even partnered up with Blue 70. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, I've had a couple of different brands and I have found that Blue 70, once you have the right fit, it's a very good quality uh, wetsuit, and I've mm -hmm. always gone full full body, full sleeves, and everything. Uh, and I've also experimented or used their core shorts, so basically just a pair of shorts that are thick with neoprene in there. It helps out with your legs in the water when you're doing practice swims. But I actually wore the core shorts one time, just you know, sway shorts, uh, in a short sprint, short sprint, a sprint triathlon uh -huh. downriver, and it was so easy, especially the <laughs> the transition, getting out one less thing to worry about. And getting uh, the shorts off was easy as can be, super easy, barely an inconvenience. Yeah, and I do remember you and Ryan from Blue 70 years ago produced a video, and I think you discuss the thickness, you know, three mm. millimeter, five millimeter. You mm. discuss core shorts, and you kind of talk about long sleeve, short sleeve, I believe, you know, pros and cons. And just because Julie asked about um, the whatever she she also talked about buoyancy or thickness, but it, you know, if it, if the water temperature is above 76.1 degrees, wetsuits are not legal, which means you can still wear one. If you decide you want to wear one, you just won't be eligible for prizes. Yeah. She was asking about there are rules on the thickness of yeah. that for races. And yeah, if, if you need one of those and if that's because of the, you know, issues with swimming or your safety or confidence, most likely you're probably not going to be uh, top five. So it's okay to do what's comfortable. This is, this race is an individual sport, even though there's a community involved, you want to, you know, start, you want to swim, bike and run, do it, do what you got to do. I've never seen anybody question, Hey, is your wetsuit thick enough? Or if that's an illegal wetsuit, I've ever, have you ever heard that before? I don't know. Maybe pros are the ones who get approached or they know, you know, the race director knows or someone. Yeah. Official. No, the eh, only that's thing, not right. 
the only thing that comes to mind is when skin speed suits speed mm. suits came out they used to be somewhat of a neoprene material mm-hmm. and those were the, the, the thickness or whatever the material of those became illegal so then the makers of wetsuits also produced these speed suits these companies and they had to change the material used for a speed suit and a speed suit is what people usually wear when the water's too warm over their triathlon kit or whatever they're going to wear um mm. for the triathlon and just to point out because people don't necessarily think about this a core short is a wetsuit and so if wetsuits are not legal because of the water temperatures too warm that includes a core short didn't know that yeah so if 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 the temperature is 76 or let's just say 78 degrees which is too warm to be legal and you wear a core short Hmm. well that's like wearing a wetsuit wow by definition Yeah. yeah didn't know that hmm yeah, it is an advantage. I mean, there, there it is right there. It's an advantage. Yeah. It's funny, though. I don't know if the still is in effect, but I remember snorkels also being, uh, you know, illegal, uh, not allowed snorkels. I don't know if they still that they are. I've seen maybe in my life two or three people wear snorkels in a swim. I thought it looked kind of funny. It's like, are you wearing a snorkel out there? But oh, yeah. yeah. I, you, so, again, I, I did a video on this a couple of a couple of years ago about a snorkel because it was a question and I had to look it up. USA Triathlon rule, at least back then, you could wear you could wear snorkel was legal in a USA Triathlon event. Hmm. Now, World Triathlon Corporation events probably not, but a you know most of your you know local community races that are not Ironman or 70.3 distances are still sanctioned by USA Triathlon, and they at least back then when I made the video they allowed snorkels. I think probably peer pressure alone that you wouldn't wear one unless, you know, if it's obvious why you need one, I don't think people will give you a second look, but I think if a able body fit person's wearing one of those, they go, you're probably gonna get laughed out. Like, what are you doing with a snorkel there, buddy? You know? Yeah. But I don't know. That's just the way it is. Uh, did we answer the question? I think we did. Yes. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got a question from Jesse who is traveling during the week of her largest volume of training i assume i think yeah it's, it's jesse a, a, a woman yes she so she's doing us traveling while during the largest volume of training and won't be able to use the bike so any suggestions on trying to find a health club or using their indoor bikes on that one i my first reaction is if you can ride you can ride keep those legs going of course you're not gonna be in aero position most likely but riding is riding if you can get it in it's not the best quality but at least you're putting in some time what do you think coach yeah, I mean, there's there's three options. One is, you know, if you can if you have access to a facility that has indoor bikes while you're traveling, um, that's a good option rather than not riding at all. Another option is maybe you can rent a bike um, if you know you have time to have the ability and the weather's nice and you're going to be able to ride outside. Go to the local bike shop of where you're traveling to and rent a bike. If, if again, it just depends how long you're going to be gone for and how much time you have to ride. Mm-hmm. And then the third option is, you know, structure your training so you're getting in a heavy volume of biking before you travel, and you know, call that good. You know, just the main thing is not to 
overly analyze what is a week off of the bike going to do for me? You know, you, especially that close to your event, you just want to kind of remain calm. You want to control what you can control. If you can't ride for a week, that's okay. Just try to plan ahead and try to do as much of it as you can before you travel, mm-hmm. which may mean, you know, maybe two weeks before your travel, you're going to miss some out on a couple swims or a couple runs to add more cycling volume. It's almost like doing like a camp. A lot of a lot of multi-sport athletes will go to a specific cycling camp and they won't swim or run. They'll just bike a lot. And so, you know, there's just a lot of things, a way to manipulate the training to adapt it to your life schedule. Yeah, because you're, you're training yourself endurance-wise, cardio-wise. It's just not as specific as you want it, but something that would stress you. Yeah, it's, time, it's hard to find an alternative, isn't it, to cycling? I mean, you don't want to overrun because then you overtrain your legs. Right. One thing you don't want to do when you travel is to say, oh, I'm not going to have a bike or a pool. I'm just going to run every day. If your body's not used to running every day, that's not the best option. You still want to just kind of maintain, you know, whatever, two, three, four days a week of running. If that's what you've been doing, Mm -hmm. you don't want to just all of a sudden start running more miles because running just puts you more at risk for um, injury. Yeah, it's tough when. when And so does an improper bike fit. So, so again, oh, yeah. you want to be careful if you're going to be riding a bike indoors that you're not used to riding, you want to be careful of the fit as well. Sure. Adjusting that seat, adjusting the handlebars, putting the time there. Yeah. Yeah. There could be a chance for a recovery. If you're not going to be working, you know, you know that you're not going to be able to hit the bike that week, look at it as a recovery week, but I don't know exactly where is she said, Jesse's talking about the largest volume of training for this. How close is it to the event? Have you been consistent leading up to that? How important or detrimental would it be if you missed it? Uh, other questions I would have for her. Right. And another another option, like you just said, you know, she had mentioned that it was like the biggest volume before the taper. So if you're going if your volume if that week is the biggest volume and you're going to use it as a recovery week, well then as you approach that taper week, the first week of taper, you might be able to get away with doing a little bit higher volume on the bike because you just lowered your volume the week before. Hmm. And so if you miss an important key ride and then you're heading into the taper, well, maybe you want to, if that ride's going to make you more mentally confident, maybe you, you want to just make that up. Hmm. So again, a lot of variables really just wait to let, you know, plan ahead, see what happens, see where you're at. Um, when the time comes to see what you feel like you need to do for mental and physical confidence. I have a, a series of Peloton products downstairs, the tread, now the row, and of course the bike, which is the first thing we got. And in those workouts, you know, the, the, the leaders, the coaches, the instructors are going through specific uh, exercises like, Hey, we're going to do this now, or now focus on, I haven't seen anybody do one legged drills, but now I want to ask you about, uh, specific things you can do with the apps that are available for cyclists, whether it's the full gas, um, Strava, and those are usually in, in Strava. That's my one I'm really uh, familiar with is that if you are going up terrain, they show you what the terrain is and it adjusts based on what kind of trainer you have. Um, you any, any apps you recommend for indoor cyclists and how important it is to follow the drills that they recommend? Well, I mean, so I incorporate and I suggest a, a, a series of drills within all our training plans. And so 
it's just to really get com- someone comfortable and educated about the pedal stroke mm-hmm. and varying cadence, low cadence, high cadence, one legged, you know, left leg, right leg, see your strength and balances, the four phases of the pedal stroke. We talk about that within those training plans. And so a lot of times, sometimes that's, those are hard to follow those exact descriptive details if you're riding outside because it's so terrain dependent um, stop light, stop signs, you know, there's just so many other factors when you're riding outside, it's not a controlled environment. So those workouts are, were intended to be ridden indoors, whether mm-hmm. you're riding your own bike indoors or the Peloton, or you're at a health club riding the indoor bikes there. It's just really for someone, an athlete to get really more mindful on their posture and pedal stroke. So doing them on various apps, I know like, like trainer road, also includes some drills within their um, power-based workouts that they have on their app. You know, Zwift is, you know, you can download your whatever details are in your Training Peaks account. You can download them or sync them to Zwift full. I don't know if you can for full gas and Ruby because I don't. Mm. Um but again, it, it's it's just it's more or less just being mindful of of the execution and do them when you can. Maybe maybe on Tuesday structured workout you can't do the drills, but on Thursday you can. So just kind of you know change your workout schedule or you know do what you can based on what kind of app you're riding and what the intention of the workout is. I meant to say Zwift, which uploads to Strava, following those. Um, yeah, I knew courses. <laughs> Yeah, when you start saying, I'll tell you, it is Zwift, but I always associate with Strava because that's how I transfer the data. Um, so this question about, you know, I'm out of town, I'm, what do I do to adjust? How do you adjust to getting sick for some of these plans? You're overtrained, you're not getting enough sleep, for example, and you, you're powering through it. What do you tell your athletes when uh, they start catching a cold or they're kind of down in the dumps? Well, you know, going back to missed workouts, if you miss, you know, the, the, my, my recommendations are going to be dependent on why you're missing a workout, how long you're missing a workout. So missing a week's worth of workout because you're sick is different than missing a week work, worth of workouts because you want a vacation or you have, you know, work or family or other obligations to attend to. Um, so how you how how you come back is going to be slightly different. Again, we've I've created some videos on the Endurance Hour YouTube, and I talk about this kind of thing about missing workouts. And if you're sick, again, is are you sick in your chest? Do you have a chest cold, or do you have um, a head a head cold? And you know, generally the rule of thumb is if you're sick below um, the neck, it's into your chest. You should take more days off until you're recovered. Because the um, intensity could trigger the cough. So that's why if you have a chest thing, it's more important to take more time off than if you just have like a head cold. Um, Obviously, if you have a fever, you shouldn't work out at all. So did I answer your question? Yeah, just how do you adjust? I mean, what you, the point you made and you started talking about was very important for people, our listeners here. Difference between if your body is broken down versus you don't have time to do something because it's a healthy body that gets back into it versus a body that's sick that gets back into it. You're starting, it's harder to catch back up. I feel if you were to continue working out through your sickness or if you're had a, you're off for a full week because you're sick, 
you can't just jump back into it as as though you were as if you were just off for a week. Right. And, you know, usually if you get sick or injured or something because of training, it, it could be the actual, you know, swim, bike or run that has caused um, an illness or injury because you overdid it. But usually, you know, there's more to overtraining than just the training component. Overtraining could be um, you're stressed at work, you have family stress, just life stress in general. And that mm-hmm. life stress is creating cortisol and that's bad for the immune system. And just uh, uh, you're overwhelmed with life and, and you're trying to train on top of that, that you're, you, you're going to overdo it and you could get into this, what's called the overtraining syndrome. So um, when you're just feeling lethargic or just lack of desire to want to go put in that training session, and then take a day off, you know, don't force it because that could um, create a downward spiral and get you more into this overtraining thing that that you could potentially be getting into. This kind of uh, uh, segues into one of my uh, my mantras in the last six to seven months is the the benefits of cold water therapy, cold baths, cold ice baths and those kind of things. And I was starting to catch something last couple of days and I know why it's because I wasn't getting enough sleep two days ago two days ago I I was up with one of the kids who was having some issues so it was like you know I was up you know I had a two-hour window of possibly sleeping woke up again two hours a window of possibly sleeping it wasn't quality sleep and then both kids went to school or they did something and then yesterday it happened again where I was up with one of them and sleeping was just terrible and i started catching something turns out one of our my little kids has a double ear infection the other one has uh, a, a bad cough so we're, we're taking medicine it's like oh that's why i'm starting to have a little headache issues uh, i can i can sense that i'm you know it's hard to swallow or i get that nasal drip in the back it's like oh no am i catching what they've got well i'm not sleeping well that's part of it and so I cold plunge uh, on a regular basis. And I found something really interesting about the exposure to cold and how it activates your immune system. So in addition to cold plunging for us as athletes for the recovery aspect, lowering inflammation, boosting your metabolism stuff, I want to read you something here I found on SciTechDaily.com about – they were talking about the surprising health benefits of cold water therapy and the four ways you can do that are cold showers, ice baths cold pools or lakes going for a swim and then walking outdoor outdoors in the cold. But the part about the immunity is this, your immune system prevents you from catching cold viruses or other infections. Many people try to boost their immunity systems with vitamins, supplements, but they don't realize that you can get better results by taking a walk in the cold or taking a cold bath. And that's because white blood cells, which fight infection, circulate in your blood more quickly, your body more quickly when you are exposed to cold temperatures. Exposure to cold may also help uh, your immune system produce other infection-fighting warriors, including T-cells and antibodies. One more sentence here, or one more paragraph. The reason why exposure to cold, the page just uh, refreshed on me, where am I at here? Oh, exposure to cold increases your resting metabolic rate and stimulates the release of catecholamines, which are compounds released by your nervous system that activate your immune system. Studies show that cold exposure modestly boosts the activity of the immune system. Now it just refreshed again. It doesn't want me to read this part. Uh, you can get these benefits by taking a dip in cold water, walking outdoors in cold temperatures, or ice baths like I do. So all I'm saying here is that 
I've been doing the cold plunging on a regular basis in the morning, and I did it again today, hoping that I could, you know, fight this off, which fortunately I think I am doing, plus more fluids, and I feel good. I feel better. I feel like the cold is keeping me healthier and warding, warding off some of these uh, potential downsides. If I was training on a regular basis, that would be part of my protocol. And I know people use massage. They use um, uh, cold baths like I do. What's your take on this? What is your, your experience and what's your feedback on what I just talked about? Um, you know, I've read about all that. You know, I used to follow Wim Hof a couple of years ago and I used to do the cold exposure. I started with cold showers for like 30 seconds and then I would expose myself to the outdoor pool in the wintertime. It would get down to about 50, 55 degrees. And You'd walk out there and just open your robe and expose yourself. What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> I would I would go in the <laughs> cold water. Um, I could have done it naked. It was usually in the dark at 5:30 in the morning. And I, I heard about you know I read like you just read about the um, immunity. Yeah. But again, I, I didn't go into much detail. I'm just like, oh, it's good for your immune system. You know, that's a reason to do it. So um, I think it's still popular. And I I read a lot on social media about other people doing it. You know, like you know the 30 day challenge. I'm gonna you know, getting cold water and, yeah. and the Wim Hof thing and all that. So, and, you know, you've been talking a lot about it on your YouTube channel, your experiences with your cold plunge. And I think there's something to it and the immune system for sure. Oh, I, I, I swear by it now. And if someone asks me about it, I'll, I'll tell them about it. I don't necessarily volunteer it because I don't want to be a salesman for, Hey, just getting cold water. Cold water is the cure. You know, I'm a right. born again, cold water person. Uh, it, it really just helps. I mean, it's, people use it. It's part of the routine and I haven't felt better. I'm, my days start off strong every single day. I'm excited about it. Uh, it right. takes a little while to get warmed up, but hey, that's part of it. Yeah. Uh, we, we got one last question or topic here and that is, um, um, I don't know who wrote this in, but they say, Hey, I plan to train five days a week, two days off based on my schedule. Any suggestions on how to rearrange my training plan that I got from you on training peaks when I'm only training or I can only train five days a week versus two extra days because I didn't want those extra days off. So this was another question from Jesse when she purchased our couch to okay. 70.3 plan. It's a 24 week plan and she took advantage of the 30 minute consultation that we offer um, everyone to take advantage of if they purchase one of our plans. And so, you know, that's, that's a pretty common thing. People can't follow always an exact plan that they purchase because the plan was not created for them personally. It's kind of a, a plan. Hopefully mo the, mo the majority of people are able to follow based on their schedule. So mm -hmm. what I suggested is the, you know, skipping a workout, that's her strength. So she has a lot of swimming background, then, then great. Skip a skip, skip a swim workout or two. Same with cycling. If, if your cycling is weak, then don't miss the cycling workouts. Replace a swim workout with a cycling workout, something like that. And then I also suggested if she has time, if one workout is scheduled, let's say on a Wednesday, and she has to skip a swim on Monday, then maybe add that swim to the Wednesday plan if possible. And so, you know, following like the hard, easy day principle, keeping a log of how you're feeling, if you do end up doubling up on some days that aren't um, intended, but you have to do that based on your schedule. I always think the best way to double up is to add a swim to a bike 
day or add a swim to a run day versus trying to always add running and cycling on the same day. Mm. Cause then you're, you're doing bricks. Yeah. A more traditional brick, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But definitely, definitely. I think she, she knows that. Um, and, and she's, she's ready to kind of adapt the plan to her lifestyle, which I think is great. Uh, one last thing for me on a personal note to you, you ran another race this last weekend. I only saw the, the, was it a, a wooden chip, um, a piece of wood metal, wood, yeah. um, not metal, but, um, uh, on a ward. Yeah. What was it you did? It was a trail run that you've done before. And I think I read something that you didn't get lost this time. Something like that. So this is a, it's called Red Top Mountain. It's 11 and a half mile trail run. I've done it. This was my seventh year doing it. Okay. Um, I have gotten lost two or three times, just taking a wrong turn. Um, th- you know, I did it the first year. And then after the first year, the course changed slightly. So I, I don't know why, I don't know why two or three times I've taken the wrong turn because I've done the race before. But um, this year I was really focused on it. I wanted to win it. I wanted to break 130. The course did slightly change again this year and I didn't find out until the week before. And so I'd been going up there. It's, you know, it's right where I live. It's about 45 minutes away. And so I'd, I'd gone up there quite a few times. I'm like, I'm not going to get lost. I'm going to make sure <laughs> I know exactly. I know where all the turns are. And, and then uh, the week before the race, I see that the start of the race changed. So it started in a different place, which meant there was some, some other changes as well. And it's really good race company. They, they had plenty of flags and because I'd been there so many times in the last four months, I was fine and I felt really good and I did win and I did break 130 and I'm retiring this race. I I set my goal. I've reached my goal and I'm like, all right, time to move on and focus on other races. That's a good streak and and way to finish on top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Finished on top. It was it was really I was really so focused. You know, I I just don't know if I could do it again. Mm. And I don't need well, to. Well, you led up to. I mean, that that was the focus, right? To get yeah. to to master that race. Yeah. How to master trail running. Yeah, it was great. Did I just hear a, a new program that you're going to write? How, How to, to master, master trail, trail running? running. I just heard it too. <laughs> Always thinking of trying to help our athletes. Good job. Hey, um, before we go, um, that wetsuit video you were referencing, was it uh-huh. uh, wetsuits for open water a demo you did? or how to? Because t- I found a couple of videos that you did, one about uh, great wetsuits for open water swimming, and then how to put on a wetsuit, and then also how to take off a wetsuit. They're think- all very similar. I think the... I have to go review the wetsuits for open water. I think that's the one that I was referencing more than putting one on and putting one off. Okay. Or taking one off. I want to add that below this, um, this video on YouTube because we're, we're, we're recording this for audio and video just in case, uh, for own archival purposes as well. I know a lot of people aren't going to sit through a 30 minute video I was talking, but it's uh, good content. I believe for some people out there. Anyways, I'll put that below there on YouTube. Cool. Well, good. We're going to try to do a podcast next week. I'm out of town, but I'm going to bring some equipment with me and we'll try to give you a, another podcast. So send us your questions. Uh, Wendy, what, what are the ways they can send you some questions that we can uh, answer next week? Um, they can always email me t2coachwendy at gmail.com. Some people will 
Instagram, message me questions. Perfect. Other people will post in our T2 Endurance Facebook group some questions. Mm. Sometimes people post questions and they don't know I'm going to use them for the podcast. Um, but again, I, I'm like, oh, gosh, someone had a great question the other day. Just random question that they weren't intending to be posted on the on the podcast. But it's always a good question to talk about. Well, we don't have to use your name. If you got a great question, send it to us and we'll we'll add it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, with that, thank you for listening this week. 388 is the episode number. Wow. Won't be long before we get to four, 400. Oh my God, 400. That's what happens when you've been podcasting for over 10 years. Uh, you'll get a few hundred under your belt. So with that, for Coach Wendy, I'm Dave. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week of racing, training, or recovery. Until next time, adios. Adios. Mm-hmm.